Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of the Doctor Matters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching wherever you may be watching from or listening wherever you may be listening from. This is an episode that is going to give us a glimpse into what the media says Christianity or even the Pew Research Center says about Christianity and where it's headed. It seems as though Christianity is in decline. Now, I know people would argue that it is not, and I know people that would argue that it is. So I just want to simply look at some of the article that has recently come out. Now, I realize that when we get into this, this this is from CBS News, that they are reporting research done by the Pew Research Center, and this is about Christianity in decline, which means that there are less and less number of Christians in the world and will be as we move forward. I think there's a a date in here of uh, 2070, uh, but we'll kind of look at some of these numbers as we get into this. I want you to hear this, and I want to make a few comments because I do believe that we see Christianity changing. And you may be in an area, and I I saw somebody say this on Facebook, that they're in an area where Christianity is thriving. People are um, just being saved. They're being baptized, things like that. And uh, a lot of people will look at something like this and says, well, this is just another way of media trying to control the narrative. And that may be true, but I also think, and I'm going to give you three things as we move through this, after we look at some of this research, after we look at some of the numbers, I'm going to give you three reasons why I believe that Christianity is on the decline, but I'm also going to tell you that I don't know if it's necessarily on the decline. So I'm going to get to that. I'm going to help you understand what I mean when I say that, but I am going to give you three reasons why I believe research like this comes out because it's important that we look at reasons why some of these things may be going on. Some of these things may be happening and uh, we will get into that again, as I mentioned here in just a few seconds, but let's look at some of this, um, this content. Uh, This is, as I mentioned from CBS news, they put out this article and I'm going to share the screen here so you can see it. If you're following along again from the Pew research center, And uh, it starts out like this. Christianity has remained at the forefront of the nation's political and social conversations for centuries, but new research shows that could be changing. A new report by Pew Research Center and the General Social Survey published on Tuesday found that the large number of people in the U.S. who practice Christianity are declining. The religion's demographic has been dwindling since the 1990s. The report said, as many adults transition to an identity of atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. That is important here in just a few minutes when I tell you why I think Christianity is declining and why I also think it is not declining. So remember that statement. The report said, as many adults transition to an identity of atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. In the 90s, about 90% of people in the U.S. identified as Christians. That's 90% of people identified as Christians, the report said. And in 2020, Christians accounted for about 64% of the U.S. population, including children. So you see there, 
just the the what their numbers are showing from 90 percent in the 90s to in 2020 it goes down to 64 percent of the u.s population including children uh profess to be christians Meanwhile, those who are not affiliated with a religion has grown from 16% in 2070 to 30% in 2020, according to the research. All other religions, including Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism, accounted for about 6% in 2020. Pew and GSS paired up to analyze how these numbers could change if the Christian decline accelerates or stops and how the other demographic trends, including migration and rates of birth and death, would influence the outcome. The researchers only looked at religious identity rather than religious beliefs and practices. Okay, so we're looking at identity only here who identify as Christians. Four potential scenarios were considered a stable rate of people moving in and out of Christianity an increasing share of Christians leaving their religion as a decreasing number of people with no religious affiliations switching in. The same as the former, but with no more than 50% of Christians switching their identity and a scenario in which no person changes their religion. Depending on the future of religious switching, religious switching, that's interesting, people who identify as atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular could become America's largest non-religious group within our lifetime. Pew researcher Stephanie Kramer tweeted. Uh, This goes on, but it shows four models in which it all shows Christianity, four different scenarios, no switching. Uh, This scenario, this is scenario number four, by the way, if you're listening, the scenario imagines no person in America has changed or will change their religion after 2020. They still have it in a downward trajectory. Uh, Scenario three, two, and one are the same way. Uh, Christianity is on a, on a downward trend. Those first three scenarios are, as you see them right there on the screen, if you're watching, they are at a steep downward trend. And uh, just the no changing of um, any kind of religion after 2020 is still on a downward spiral, just not as steep. And as you see there, you have these other religions and the unaffiliated, which they're calling atheist, agnostic, and and other, essentially, um, are on the rise in all three, all four scenarios, including the one where there is no religion change after 2020. So there is four different scenarios there. I will link this in the show notes. You can go check this article out yourself. Uh, we're not going to continue reading through it, but everything it shows is showing that Christianity is on a downward spiral. It is declining as we know it. Uh, And I do want to read this. If leaving Christianity becomes more popular, but no more than 50 percent of the demographic leaves the institution, the religion would again lose its rank as the majority and as the largest group at 39 percent. Instead, those who do not identify with the religion would become the largest religious group, accounting for 48 percent of those in the United States. So there are some interesting numbers, some interesting graphs here. Uh, some things. And and I'm going to leave this up because I told you I was going to come back to uh, one of the one of these uh, uh, quotes here that I wanted to remind you to to keep a hold of here as we go through this. And that is the religion's demographic has been dwindling since the 1990s. The report said as many adults transition to an identity of atheist, agnostic, agnostic or nothing in particular. So we look at this big number, this big percentage of people that claim they were Christians or identified as Christians now transitioning out of Christianity into something else. 
Here's what I mean now when I say that I believe that, yes, Christianity may be declining. And I have, again, three reasons that I believe that. Then we'll get into that here in just a second. But on the other hand, I would say that it's not declining. Why? Because we know that when we look at this quote here as believers, the religion's demographic has been dwindling since the 1990s because adults are transitioning to an identity of atheist, agnostic, and the other unknown things here. So the truth is, when you are a Christian, I believe in the perseverance of the saints. I believe that Scripture teaches it. Now, you may know that in Baptist circles, or if you're a Presbyterian or any other thing, you may have heard, once saved, always saved. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done with that statement. I don't like that statement. I like the perseverance of the saints, uh, because I believe as Christians, we are going to be held in the Father's hand, and nothing can pluck us out, the Bible says. And uh, if, if nothing can pluck us from the Father's hand, we're not going to worm our way out of it either. Um, and, and, and a matter of fact, we cannot, quote-unquote, lose our salvation. We are going to persevere by grace, by God's grace, for those that are truly in Christ, which means that those that are truly in Christ will never transition back to any sort of other thing, whether it be atheism or agnosticism or anything like that, because we are truly in Christ, and we will continue that for the rest of our lives. It's the perseverance of the saints. True believers don't turn back. They don't leave Christianity. They don't neglect the faith in Christ that they have. And you can come at me with some verses in Hebrews chapter 4. We could uh, dissect those and go through those, but I believe those that transition or leave Christianity, or in this case, declining, quote-unquote, they are people that have never truly been saved and repented of their sin in the first place. The Lord has not been the Lord of their life. He has not saved them. They have not repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ truly. It's uh, probably some head knowledge, probably some grown-up in church. They know some Christian language, and then if something happened in their life, and they just neglected Christianity altogether. As a matter of fact, uh, John says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, and I'm looking at the English Standard Version here, that they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are all not of us. Now, this is uh, exactly what's happening here. This is that statistic is that many of the people that are leaving Christianity are ones that were never truly involved in Christianity to begin with. They were not truly of Christ or in Christ. They were not Christians, when things happened, when suffering happened, when uh, something in their life happened, they turned and went back. They turned and went away. I think of um, all of these people that were following Jesus, and then he turned around and said, if you don't eat my eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot be my disciple. And the Bible says many turned away when he said that because it was a difficult saying. It was difficult to understand. So I, that is exactly what's happening here. When we see people say that Christianity is declining, what they're really saying is that the people that proclaimed or professed to be Christians that weren't truly are leaving Christianity. So Christianity is necessarily not in decline. The people that profess to be Christians are in decline who truly never were. Now, here are three reasons I believe we've gotten kind of in this predicament in our world, in America especially, when it comes to Christianity and the, and the decline of Christianity, because we see so many people that are claiming to be 
without truly being Christians. So this is the decline of Christianity, and it continues to do so. Now, the Bible talks about a remnant, and I may have shared this on this podcast before, but I used to work at a fabric store. It was my first job, well, outside of working with my grandfather on the, in the summers, but my first real job out of high school um, was at a fabric and rug gallery. And we would get these big 100, 150 yard rolls of fabric in and we'd roll it, check it, you know, make sure people would order 10, 11, 12, 50 yards at a time. But when the roll of fabric got under three yards, three yards and under, it became a remnant and it went next door into our store as a remnant. So you could get a half yard, a, a yard or two, or you could buy all three yards, but it's called a remnant. It's what's left of what once was this big roll. Now, that's kind of the way Christianity looks in a sense, is that it starts out this big, huge number. People profess to be Christians. People profess Christ, and they love Jesus and all of these things. And then when things start to happen, when 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 the things of life happen, when things get tough, when they don't agree with the teaching anymore, or they have been um, uh, indoctrinated by some other teaching, they begin to leave. But the true remnant the Christians will always remain and they will persevere. But what leads to this mass exodus of what people once claim to be Christians now gone? What is leading to this mass exodus? Well, that's where I'm going to get into three things. And again, these are people that profess to be Christians, but they do not possess faith in Christ, true saving faith. So three things, and then each of these have a little subheadings under them. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on them. I just wanted to put these before you and show you what I believe to be the decline in Christianity, which is not really a decline in Christianity, but Christianity will continue to take a hit as long as we keep allowing these things to happen. But God is sovereign. God is going to save his elect, and it doesn't matter what happens in this world. Those that he has chosen will be saved, and that remnant will be called into eternity with him one day. So what is leading to the chaos? What is leading to these things. The first thing that I believe is leading to this mass exodus of denouncing Christianity is the mass number of false conversions. Now, we have likely, most of us have likely grown up in a church, especially if you grew up in a Baptist church. You may be in one now that does this. I have seen this over and over and over, and it leads to so many false conversions. There's many ways this can happen. First of all, repeating the sinner's prayer. If you look in the scriptures, there is not a sinner's prayer to repeat. The Bible does not tell us to repeat the sinner's prayer and we will be saved. The Bible says, repent and believe the gospel. Mark 1.15, that is exactly what Jesus said. So repent and believe the gospel, not re- not repeat a sinner's prayer. So there's been this, this repeating of a prayer, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. I need you. I need you to come in my life, to come in my life. Right. And people may have been saved by repeating that because it comes from the heart, repentance and belief. But so many people have repeated a prayer just because they got emotional at a church camp or at the end of a service or something. And the preacher or the youth pastor or whatever has told them to repeat this prayer. They would be saved and everything would be okay. But we have got this idea that repeating a prayer saves us when in reality, the Bible says repent and believe the gospel. That's what saves us. 
not repeating a prayer. We also see this, this walking an aisle. Uh, I've been in church services a lot where the pastor will almost beg people to come up and they need to be praying on the altar. They need to come up and get saved, get right with God, things like that. So they will sing 137 verses of just as I am waiting on somebody to come up to give their life to the Lord. And they will repeat that prayer upon walking the aisle, almost as if walking the aisle has some sort of magical thing to it that saves you when it doesn't. Walking an aisle is just taking steps toward the pastor to repeat a prayer that also doesn't save because we don't believe in incantations that save. We believe in repentance and belief in Jesus Christ. So we have this repeating a prayer. We have this walking an aisle. And this has also happened before, too. If you want to be saved slip up your hand, raise your hand. And you say, I see that hand in the back. I see that hand over here. I see that hand back there. You've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. We have this hand raising exercise. It's almost like, oh, I'm going to be saved now. I've raised my hand. And then there goes the repeating a prayer again. Everybody says it together so they don't feel left out or so they don't feel uh, any kind of nerves when they say the, the prayer out loud themselves. So most pastors will have the whole church congregation repeat the prayer so they don't feel um uh, like they have been pinpointed or have the spotlight on them, but they raise their hand. And all of this is driven by an emotional response. The lights go low. The the music is just right. It's kind of this manipulation on the emotions. And those things are not what brings somebody into salvation. The thing that brings people into salvation is the preaching of the word of God, the pre- preaching and proclamation of Christ and Christ crucified. All of this other stuff these that are leading to false conversions is just a bunch of nonsense that is kind of filler that does nothing but make people believe they're saved when they walk away and they truly aren't changed. And, and as soon as something comes at them, something happens in their life, they fall away. They, they, they denounce Christianity. They are leaving the faith, quote unquote. Well, the tr- reality is they had a false conversion that they were putting their hope in, and it didn't sustain them because preachers are not preaching the true gospel and calling people to repentance and faith. That's the first thing. We have so many false conversions. And also, what aids in that is the second thing, is our kids and youth programs. We live in a world, and especially over the last several years, is everybody's got to have the perfect kids program. Everybody has to have the perfect youth program. Give me the pizza parties. Give me the light shows. Give me the best things that you can give me for my kids. They need to have the best uh, things to uh, keep their attention. They need to have the best coloring books. They need to have the best flannel grass, which that's gone now, and uh, they have all kinds of technology and and, and uh, playground equipment in the children's wings. And they have just so much that they want for their child. Parents want for their children or their youth. Give them a place to fit in, a place to socialize instead of learn the true word of God. So we've, we've put this fun aspect on children's ministries and youth ministries, so much so that we've neglected teaching the true word of God, which has then raised up a, a bunch of illiterate people in the church that give themselves away to this false hope that they have in a false conversion because they don't really truly know the word of God. They don't know the word of God it says, repent and believe the gospel. They think it says, repeat after me and you will be saved. Walk this aisle, do this and you'll be saved. There's a problem there. And I believe it starts in our kids 
or one of the starting points is the kids and youth ministries that don't take the word of God seriously. On the other hand, you've got kids and youth ministries that are simply babysitters. They're just there to watch your kids. They're just there for you to send them off for an hour and let them do what they will. You don't really care what they're teaching and they don't care what they're teaching. They'll throw a coloring page of Noah's Ark in front of them and not teach them the true story. And they'll just be coloring for an hour or playing games for an hour just to be babysat. But then you got your other churches that place a heavy emphasis on the word of God and teaching them true doctrine and theology. You've got churches that have family integrated worship. My church happens to have family integrated worship. It's a beautiful thing. I love hearing those kids. Matter of fact, one walked up on the platform with me the other day while I was finishing my sermon. I just picked her up and finished it with her in my arms. And uh, it was a beautiful thing because children are a sight and a sound that a church is flourishing and truly alive because there's children, there's movement, there's things, papers rustling, things going on. And these children are hearing the word of God and even repeating it back to their parents when they're at home sometimes really blowing the parents away. But it's been an awesome thing. But many churches are neglecting the kids and youth and throwing fun and programs at them rather than the true word of God, which leaves them biblical illiterate. And then they grow into young adults and parents who are also biblical illiterate. And then they walk an aisle, raise a hand, repeat a prayer, and they have this false sense of hope. So first we have false conversions. Second, we have kids and youth programs that are more fun and, and more driven to entertain than they are to teach the word of God. And thirdly, I believe this is where it really originates, is we have a lack of biblical teaching in the pulpit. Preachers, men are not getting in the pulpit using that sacred desk as a, an opportunity to proclaim God's word. There are many people that have replaced the pulpit with um, little tables. And if you have a table and you're preaching the true word of God, this is not for you. But this is for the aesthetics that have these little tables and uh, they're not really going deep into the word of God. They're not going to go verse by verse through the word of God. They're going to preach more emotional driven sermons. They're going to preach more sermons that cater to the culture and to the needs of the day. And, and they're going to talk about just enough stuff to keep you interested, or they may tell jokes or things like that. Now, I'm not saying that if you have a table again, that you're not teaching the word of God. I know several churches that have a table or just a small little podium or something that is teaching the true word of God on a weekly basis. And those churches are flourishing for the grace of God. So most of the time you see it though, it's just a, a talk. It's not a sermon. It's not a message from God or his word. It is a talk. And it's a it's a just a relational talk is, you know, we're just going to talk through these things, make it relatable. Then we're going to go home. We don't have men in the pulpit saying, thus saith the Lord, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no talk of suffering. If you're suffering, it's usually something you've done. It's your fault that Christians shouldn't suffer. Um, also, we have a lack of preachers saying what Jonathan Edwards says is kill sin or to be killing you, mortify the flesh. We're not hearing that. We're not hearing to repent. I was talking uh, to a guy, uh, a man in our church this morning at, at our at our Bible study, and he was telling me of a church in town that is having a men's men's um, uh, meeting kind of every week, weekly for however many weeks. And, and it's really soft, right? It's really, it's kind of more fluff than anything, but you have a group of men together. You need to be calling those men to repent and lead as God has called men to do. And uh, that's just not happening. And that's, that's, that's sad because men need to hear, they need to kill their sin 
They need to kill the fleshly desire and lead their wives well, lead their families well, and serve in the local church. But there's preachers not doing that in Sunday mornings. They're not doing that at Bible studies. But the lack of the true preaching of the God that we love and we know and giving him glory is astounding. The lack of that is astounding. Nobody's giving God glory. Nobody's teaching to give God glory hardly anymore. Everybody's teaching self-help and self-motivation and self-love and self-care, which leads to a generation of people that don't know the gospel from the hole in the ground and would just simply raise their hand, say they want to be right with God, and nothing ever changes. And then that leads to things like we see today in these types of articles and this research that says Christianity is in decline. Right. So I would say that Christianity is not necessarily in decline because Christianity, the kingdom of God is already here. It's we're in the already not yet. The kingdom of God is going to continue to grow. So Christianity is going to continue to grow until Christ comes back and consummates the kingdom and all will be done. We will be in eternity with Christ. Right. So until that day, the kingdom is still growing which means Christianity is growing. And as we think through this, what is in decline is true biblical churches, true biblical pastors, true biblical church leaders who care more about entertainment than they do God's word. They care more about being liked than they do about people wanting to kill them for preaching hard truth. So Christianity, folks, is not in decline. So don't read this and say, oh, my goodness, the world is falling down all around us. Everything's just being bad. Christianity is decreasing. The kingdom of God is decreasing. No, the kingdom is going forward. It is marching on. That remnant will be there until Jesus comes back and they will be called with him in glory. What is in decline are true biblical churches and true biblical pastors and church leaders. So um, those are my three things. What else do you have? What else is causing to this decline in so-called, quote-unquote, Christianity? What, is, what else is aiding in this? What's happening here that I'm missing? What else could we add to this list? I'm sure there's many things that we could add, but I wanted you to see this, and uh, I wanted you to be assured and be comforted that the kingdom of God is moving forward, and God is getting his glory, and we need to find churches where men are boldly and unashamedly preaching the truth, the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation, preaching the hard text, the easier text and everyone in between and giving God glory, exalting Christ, encouraging one another, and then going out and witnessing to the lost, witnessing and evangelizing the world. So we need men to step up and do those things and lead that charge. And if you're in a church that teaches the exact opposite of that and does the entertainment and fluff and driven and all those things seek a true biblical church. If you need help finding one in your area, reach out doctrine matters, podcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment. I will help you find a biblical church in your area where you can find someone that says, thus saith, uh, excuse me, thus saith the Lord rather than manipulating emotional driven worship services. So, uh, feel free to add to my list uh, those three things I got here on this page. What is leading to the soft churches that we find and the decline of true biblical churches? And just be be encouraged, friends. The kingdom of God is growing. Christianity is not dying. Christianity is not declining. Live for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, Christ, and the edification 
of the saints. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. God bless.